Applicability. The Fourth Amendment, and the personal rights which it secures, have a long history. The Bill of Rights originally restricted only the federal government, and went through a long initial phase of judicial dormancy, in the words of historian Gordon S. Wood, after ratification, most Americans promptly forgot about the first ten amendments to the Constitution. Federal jurisdiction regarding criminal law was narrow until the late 19th century when the Interstate Commerce Act and Sherman Antitrust Act were passed. As federal criminal jurisdiction expanded to include other areas such as narcotics, more questions about the Fourth Amendment came to the U.S. Supreme Court. The Supreme Court responded to these questions by stating on the one hand that the government powers to search and seizure are limited by the Fourth Amendment so that arbitrary and oppressive interference by enforcement officials with the privacy and personal security of individuals are prevented and by outlining on the other hand the fundamental purpose of the amendment as guaranteeing the privacy, dignity and security of persons against certain arbitrary and invasive acts by officers of the government, without regard to whether the government actor is investigating crime or performing another function. To protect personal privacy and dignity against unwarranted intrusion by the state is the overriding function of the Fourth Amendment according to the court in Schmerber v. California, 1966, because the security of one's privacy against arbitrary intrusion by the police is at the core of the Fourth Amendment and basic to a free society. Pointing to historic precedents like in Tick v. Carrington, 1765, and Boyd v. United States, 1886, the Supreme Court held in Silverman v. United States, 1961, that the Fourth Amendment's core is the right to retreat into his own home and there be free from unreasonable governmental intrusion. With a view to Camara v. Municipal Court, 1967, the Supreme Court observed in Torres v. Madrid, 2021, that the focus of the Fourth Amendment is the privacy and security of individuals, not the particular manner of arbitrary invasion by governmental officials. In Matt v. Ohio, 1961, the Supreme Court ruled that, that the Fourth Amendment applies to the states by way of the Due Process Clause of the Fourteenth Amendment. The effect of the Fourth Amendment is to put the courts of the United States and federal officials, in the exercise of their power and authority, under limitations and restraints as to the exercise of such power and authority, and to forever secure the people, their persons, houses, papers, and effects, against all unreasonable searches and seizures under the guise of law. This protection reaches all alike, whether accused of crime or not, and the duty of giving to it force and effect is obligatory upon all entrusted under our federal system with the enforcement of the laws. The tendency of those who execute the criminal laws of the country to obtain conviction by means of unlawful seizures and enforced confessions, the latter often obtained after subjecting accused persons to unwarranted practices destructive of rights secured by the federal constitution, should find no sanction in the judgments of the courts, which are charged at all times with the support of the constitution, and to which people of all conditions have a right to appeal for the maintenance of such fundamental rights. Justice William R. Day in the opinion of the court in Weeks v. United States, 1914. Fourth Amendment case law deals with three central issues, what government activities constitute search and seizure, what constitutes probable cause for these actions, how violations of Fourth Amendment rights should be addressed. The Fourth Amendment search and seizure doctrine involves a complex compromise between public safety and the constitutional right to personal liberty. The Fourth Amendment typically requires a neutral and detached authority interposed between the police and the public and it is offended by general warrants and laws that allow searches to be conducted indiscriminately and without regard to their connection with crime under investigation, for the basic purpose of the Fourth Amendment, which is enforceable against the states through the Fourteenth, through its prohibition of unreasonable searches and seizures is to safeguard the privacy and security of individuals against arbitrary invasions by governmental officials. The Fourth Amendment has been held to mean that a search or an arrest generally requires a judicially sanctioned warrant, 
because the basic rule under the Fourth Amendment is that arrests and searches conducted outside the judicial process, without prior approval by judge or magistrate, are per se unreasonable. In order for such a warrant to be considered reasonable, it must be supported by probable cause and be limited in scope according to specific information supplied by a person, usually a law enforcement officer, who has sworn by it and is therefore accountable to the issuing court. The Supreme Court further held in Chandler v. Miller, 1997, to be reasonable under the Fourth Amendment, a search ordinarily must be based on individualized suspicion of wrongdoing. But particularized exceptions to the main rule are sometimes warranted based on special needs, beyond the normal need for law enforcement, when such special needs are alleged, courts must undertake a context-specific inquiry, examining closely the competing private and public interests advanced by the parties. The amendment applies to governmental searches and seizures, but not those done by private citizens or organizations who are not acting on behalf of a government. In Ontario v. Kwan, 2010, the court applied the amendment to a municipal government in its capacity as an employer, ruling that the City of Ontario had not violated the Fourth Amendment rights of city police officers by obtaining from the communications company and reviewing transcripts of text messages sent using government-provided pagers. Search. One threshold question in the Fourth Amendment jurisprudence is whether a search has occurred. Initial Fourth Amendment case law hinged on a citizen's property rights, that is, when the government physically intrudes on persons, houses, papers, or effects for the purpose of obtaining information, a search within the original meaning of the Fourth Amendment has occurred. Early 20th century court decisions, such as Olmsted v. United States, 1928, held that Fourth Amendment rights applied in cases of physical intrusion, but not to other forms of police surveillance, for example, wiretaps. In Silverman v. United States, 1961, the court stated of the amendment that at the very core stands the right of a man to retreat into his own home and there be free from unreasonable governmental intrusion. Fourth Amendment protections expanded significantly with Katz v. United States, 1967. In Katz, the Supreme Court expanded that focus to embrace an individual's right to privacy, and ruled that a search had occurred when the government wiretapped a telephone booth using a microphone attached to the outside of the glass. While there was no physical intrusion into the booth, the court reasoned that, one, Katz, by entering the booth and shutting the door behind him, had exhibited his expectation that the words he utters into the mouthpiece will not be broadcast to the world, and two, society believes that his expectation was reasonable. Justice Potter Stewart wrote in the majority opinion that the Fourth Amendment protects people, not places. A search occurs for purposes of the Fourth Amendment when the government violates a person's reasonable expectation of privacy. Katz's reasonable expectation of privacy thus provided the basis to rule that the government's intrusion, though electronic rather than physical, was a search covered by the Fourth Amendment, and thus necessitated a warrant. The court said it was not recognizing any general right to privacy in the Fourth Amendment, and that this wiretap could have been authorized if proper procedures had been followed. This decision in Katz was later developed into the now commonly used two-prong test, adopted in Smith v. Maryland, 1979, for determining whether a search has occurred for purposes of the Fourth Amendment. 1. A person has exhibited an actual, subjective, expectation of privacy, and 2. Society is prepared to recognize that this expectation is, objectively, reasonable. The Supreme Court has held that the Fourth Amendment does not apply to information that is voluntarily shared with third parties. In Smith, the court held individuals have no legitimate expectation of privacy regarding the telephone numbers they dial because they knowingly give that information to telephone companies when they dial a number. However, under Carpenter v. United States, 2018, individuals have a reasonable expectation of privacy under the Fourth Amendment regarding cell phone records even though they themselves turned over that information to third parties, 
i.e. the cell phone companies. Prior to the Carpenter ruling, law enforcement was able to retrieve cell site location information, CSLI, that included where a cell phone user had traveled over many months and with which other cell phone users they had associated. Carpenter v. United States serves as a landmark case because it slightly narrowed the third-party doctrine, thus requiring law enforcement to first obtain a search warrant before receiving CSLI records. In the 5-4 decision, the court ruled narrowly in favor of privacy, finding the government had constitutionally violated Mr. Carpenter's reasonable expectation of privacy by acquiring this private information without a warrant. Following Katz, the vast majority of Fourth Amendment search cases have turned on the right to privacy, but in United States v. Jones, 2012, the court ruled that the Katz standard did not replace earlier case law, but rather has supplemented it. In Jones, law enforcement officers had attached a GPS device on a car's exterior without Jones's knowledge or consent. The court concluded that Jones was a bailey to the car, and so had a property interest in the car. Therefore, since the intrusion on the vehicle, a common law trespass, was for the purpose of obtaining information, the court ruled that it was a search under the Fourth Amendment. The court used similar trespass reasoning in Florida v. Jardines, 2013, to rule that bringing a drug detection dog to sniff at the front door of a home was a search. In certain situations, law enforcement may perform a search when they have a reasonable suspicion of criminal activity, even if it falls short of probable cause necessary for an arrest. Under Terry v. Ohio, 1968, law enforcement officers are permitted to conduct a limited warrantless search on a level of suspicion less than probable cause under certain circumstances. In Terry, the Supreme Court ruled that when a police officer witnesses unusual conduct that leads the officer to reasonably believe that criminal activity may be afoot, that the suspicious person has a weapon and that the person is presently dangerous to the officer or others, the officer may conduct a pat-down search, frisk the person, to determine whether the person is carrying a weapon. This detention and search is known as a Terry stop. To conduct a frisk, officers must be able to point to specific and articulable facts which, taken together with rational inferences from those facts, reasonably warrant their actions. As established in Florida v. Royer, 1983, such a search must be temporary and questioning must be limited to the purpose of the stop, for example, officers who stop a person because they have reasonable suspicion to believe the person was driving a stolen car, cannot, after confirming it is not stolen, compel the person to answer questions about anything else, such as contraband. Seizure. The Fourth Amendment proscribes unreasonable seizure of any person, person's home, including its curtilage, or personal property without a warrant. A seizure of property occurs when there is some meaningful interference with an individual's possessory interests in that property, such as when police officers take personal property away from an owner to use as evidence, or when they participate in an eviction. The amendment also protects against unreasonable seizure of persons, including a brief detention. A seizure does not occur just because the government questions an individual in a public place. The exclusionary rule would not bar voluntary answers to such questions from being offered into evidence in a subsequent criminal prosecution. The person is not being seized if his freedom of movement is not restrained. The government may not detain an individual even momentarily without reasonable, objective grounds, with few exceptions. His refusal to listen or answer does not by itself furnish such grounds. In United States v. Mendenhall, 1980, the court held that a person is seized only when, by means of physical force or show of authority, his freedom of movement is restrained and, in the circumstances surrounding the incident, a reasonable person would believe he was not free to leave. Under Torres v. Madrid, 2021, a person is considered to be seized following the use of physical force with the intent to restrain, even if the person manages to escape. In Florida v. Bostick, 1991, 
The court ruled that as long as the police do not convey a message that compliance with their requests is required, the police contact is a citizen encounter that falls outside the protections of the Fourth Amendment. If a person remains free to disregard questioning by the government, there has been no seizure and therefore no intrusion upon the person's privacy under the Fourth Amendment. When a person is arrested and taken into police custody, he has been seized, for example, a reasonable person who is handcuffed and placed in the back of a police car would not think they were free to leave. A person subjected to a routine traffic stop on the other hand, has been seized, but is not arrested because traffic stops are a relatively brief encounter and are more analogous to a Terry stop than to a formal arrest. If a person is not under suspicion of illegal behavior, a law enforcement official is not allowed to place an individual under arrest simply because this person does not wish to state his identity, provided specific state regulations do not specify this to be the case. A search incidental to an arrest that is not permissible under state law does not violate the Fourth Amendment, so long as the arresting officer has probable cause. In Maryland v. King, 2013, the court upheld the constitutionality of police swabbing for DNA upon arrests for serious crimes, along the same reasoning that allows police to take fingerprints or photographs of those they arrest and detain. Exceptions. The government may not detain an individual even momentarily without reasonable and articulable suspicion, with a few exceptions. In Delaware v. Prowse, 1979, the court ruled an officer has made an illegal seizure when he stops an automobile and detains the driver in order to check his driver's license and the registration of the automobile, because the officer does not have articulable and reasonable suspicion that a motorist is unlicensed or that an automobile is not registered, or either the vehicle or an occupant is otherwise subject to seizure for violation of law. Where society's need is great, no other effective means of meeting the need is available, and an intrusion on people's privacy is minimal, certain discretionless checkpoints toward that end may briefly detain motorists. In United States v. Martinez Fuerte, 1976, the Supreme Court allowed discretionless immigration checkpoints. In Michigan Department of State Police v. Sitz, 1990, the Supreme Court allowed discretionless sobriety checkpoints. In Illinois v. Lidster, 2004, the Supreme Court allowed focused informational checkpoints. However, in City of Indianapolis v. Edmond, 2000, the Supreme Court ruled that discretionary checkpoints or general crime-fighting checkpoints are not allowed. The text of this podcast is sourced from the Wikipedia Foundation under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The written text has been altered for voice presentation. To view the modified and original text versions visit thelegalpages.com. The content of this podcast is presented for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be legal or professional advice. The Wikipedia Foundation is not affiliated with this podcast.